Hello and welcome back to the Dive Season 6 episode. Who cares? 69! <laughs> we said the number. All right, that got really loud. I'm sorry. I didn't get much sleep last night. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're compensating. This is actually not episode 69. Freak just really requested. What if it's episode total 69? Like if we do about 12 episodes a season. You also could have waited one more episode because then it would have been season 6. Episode but I'm not going to be on that episode. I know, tragic. This episode is brought to you I'm by Freakstream, the Lost Ark streamer. He's the best <laughs> around. Definitely check him out on twitch.tv slash... Freakstream. There you go. Watch some his or gameplay. YouTube.com slash Freak. Patch Rundown came out Tuesday. It's at twitch.tv slash 420. 69 haha. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> people still do that. Is that actually a dated reference that people named themselves? I don't know what it was. I just did the smile and laugh. To be mm -hmm. nice. Uh, so the Sephiroth memes still go around. That's I'm good. Pretty sure. He's the edge lord. I mean, they did the remake lords. of Final Fantasy VII, so I feel like it's relevant again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a weird intro. To, to it's a great intro. I Welcome. mean, it's a freak. It's freak is here. So <laughs> you want to you want to get on to the show? It is appropriate <laughs> because freak is a weird dude. On to the show, though. <laughs> really weird dude. <laughs> so, Damn. have you been keeping up with any of the news? Mr. Weird Dude. <laughs> I have been keeping up with some of the news. Which, <laughs> which news would you like to talk about? Let's start out with Spica because Spica tweeted out about narratives yeah. flooding around TSM. And Mark had brought up this topic a bit when we were talking about some of the organizations not having great communication or taking apart and controlling some of these, you know, stories that are surrounding their teams now because, yep. you know, they had Hotline League um, and you even had TSM representatives come on and, you know, not really get much clarity. And so then the stories, you know, people start to use whatever information is available to them and you get like a snippet of a stream or you get maybe a 30-second listen-in and yeah. people jump to conclusions and speak was like, Relax. I don't have a problem with Shen Yi and, you know, elaborated yeah. uh, uh, in his yeah. tweet. But Th this is why it's so weird. Like fan bases are going to be fan bases. Like they're going to overreact when things are going poorly. Um, and so not to say that people are justified in going as far as they do, because people are really going hard on speaker. I understand why he, you know, responded. But that's why the I don't blame people for going full investigator mode when nothing is given to them. Yeah, though. You yeah. know, I, I think yeah. that's completely natural and to start to put together pieces. Yeah, you read it detectives, a couple com clips, and you try and build a narrative because the team's not giving you one. And that's why I think it's yeah. important, especially, you know, when like you have coaching staffs, like the point of a coach often is to shield the players and become the lightning rod for the community when these kinds of things are going on. But like when we asked that question of like, hey, who's making some of the decisions? It wasn't really given. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it is important to kind of spin your own narrative, even if it's not 100% true and you're trying to shield certain people. Yeah. You know, like- <laughs> Are you telling them to fib, Mark? I'm just saying like C9 more or less tried to give an explanation. A lot of people weren't satisfied with, they felt like it gave right. a lot of holes, but at least it was like, there was some mis- connect between management potentially and LS and you well, had yeah, to, I don't know like, if that I don't know was, if Cloud Nine's your shining example. But at of, least it's better because you have because right. it's not on the players, you know, like who knows, you know, but at least it's on Jack now. Yeah. People are pissed at Jack. And sure. Th there's the problem right. with no this. No one's yelling at Fudge, no one's yelling at Max, no one's yelling at Vega or anyone. It's just like, how dare you say it this way? And, yeah. yeah it, it's weird, right? Because um so yeah, oh, we'll start with the Cloud9 example because it's still what we're talking about. And it's like, okay, I think what they said and the best word I can remember was like, the way he was coaching did not line up with the way that we want Cloud9 to coach. We've built systems we, over yeah, the last three years right. or something. And like, 
And there's, you know, on the like really extreme hand on the one side, I'm just like making things up, right? On the one hand, it's like, well, we don't like that he picks Soraka, which like I don't think is what the case is, but like whatever. The other extreme, the other right, the other extreme case is like, oh, we don't like that he doesn't show up to practice or talk to teammates, which is like, well, we like coaches who talk to teammates and show up to practice. I don't think it's that either necessarily, right? But like, right, those are the extremes of he, he does literally nothing. We don't like uh, Cloud Nine when coaches do nothing. So we have a disagreement in coaching status, right? Or again, you know, the one that I also don't agree with. So, right, somewhere in the middle is going on. And the unfortunate thing is that's really, really wide. And so I'm glad they said it's roughly performance-based, right? It's roughly how he coaches. Okay, it's, it's about that activity, but yeah, they don't give us much, which like tends to happen, right? Um, the TSM one, we just kind of got nothing, right? It was like, they didn't even tell us he wasn't playing. It was like, he's going to be playing an academy. Also, by the way, he's yeah. also not in the, right? Like cool. that was really, really, really worsely done. And it, obviously in the Cloud9 case, like the morning of was just like, he's not here by. And five days later, after speculation, they gave us a real statement, mm -hmm. which means like they clearly decided that morning to actually fire him and they didn't have messaging ready. And like, Ugh, it snowballs on well, itself. Well, bring it back to the speaker one too. Even the information speaker gave in here about how no one on the team was against Shen Yu. Shot calling, he t like they were t it was told us after zero four that that's when he wanted to step up, and we all agreed. And no player had a part in deciding his benching, and it was nothing gameplay related. But all that kind of goes against what Shen Yu leaked as well. So even though um, Spika isn't putting the heat onto anyone else, it's still not really clarifying the situation exactly. Because then it's like, okay, so if the players weren't involved and it wasn't performance related, like you know, how is this decision being made? So at the very least, I'm yeah. glad that the pressure is off speaker a little bit, but I still think, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if fans are still not quite satisfied because you are starting to get conflicting information as opposed to just having like a single unified front that protects the people that you want to protect. And, you know, eventually someone has to be a lightning rod. And we had Parth on the desk this last weekend, which was super cool. And he gave his opinions on TSM as basically a new organization because they've replaced so many people. Yeah. And th this, uh, again, is another instance to me where I think the structure is failing the players because you want to take as much burden off the players as possible. And Spika is literally complaining in his tweet that he's having to do social media and comms work for the organization, basically. <laughs> yeah. And this is another example of him basically doing so much overtime because remember, Spika, even when they formed this team, also got signed up to do translator duty basically yeah for bringing over the LDL yeah. players and and they're you know trying to incorporate uh, all, all these parts and yes TSM did also have other coaching staff um, you know incorporating that they'll be able to actually have a you know a bit smoother over time than most of the other teams but it does seem like a lot loaded on your yeah. MVP player who is saying, I wish my only job is to jungle, and he won MVP as a jungler. As a jungler. Like, you should let him focus on that, I yeah. feel like. And that means, you know, if I'm going to, like, start, you know, putting my blame hat on, it's like, okay, yo, people screwed up in the front office then on TSM League of Legends, right? That means, like, your head coach is doing a bad job. That means your GM did a bad job. That means, like, a bunch of people, like, did a really bad job putting this together. Um, like, I know talking with Parth, like, uh, like his job was to like get this section ready to go before his departure. Like I know he wanted to find a replacement before he left TSM and like, I'm sure he did the best job he could, but those shoes have not been filled very well, right? Like the, the teams worked better in the preceding years. This is clearly the worst TSM has looked. And a lot of it is, is not just, well, the player's bad. It's like, well, actually you can see what's happening when the around the game staff isn't doing their jobs very well, or like are still ramping up or whatever, right? That like, 
he has to be unfocused. Like this whole thing is well, really working yet. Yeah, they're 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 tenth in academy as well. Yeah. This is like the CLG situation from last year that people were roasting that org about, and you know. I think it's understandable why fans are frustrated. So hopefully I'm still praying that like there's a little bit more communication that comes out. Um, also with the, the rumors that Shen is going back to China, uh, most likely in, after the Academy regular season wraps up, I think he's going home for proving ground and he'll be there for 45 days to see his grandma, if I'm getting this correctly, because he hasn't seen her in like three years or something, but it's also coming in the middle of the season. So you have to assume that like, there's no plans for him to return to the LCS roster anytime soon, at least. And it, it just puts the whole thing up in, up in the air where people are just don't know where it's going. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I would separate some of the things like uh, the comm issues versus who should actually be playing, how yeah. your sign doing and on all yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but because, uh, yeah, I, I do think that is uh, that is a bit separate. But I, yeah, the focus focus to me is for sure that. The, their MVP player literally has to complain on Twitter that he he wishes his job was just jungling. Yeah, yeah, and that's too bad. Hopefully they get it figured out. Now, uh, completely different note: a mm -hmm. celebratory uh, team staff member. We can move on to <laughs> Team Liquid Dodo. Uh, congratulations on getting Core JJ his green card. Now that he has has it, uh, he also went to Twitter and talked about how difficult and scary the process was. Because, and I had also heard behind the scenes, like, you know, I guess basically rumors, um, but very accurate rumors that if Core JJ's green card situation did not work out and then he had to go back to Korea, um, you know, he's of the age where then the uh, mandatory military service starts to get in the mix. And so Dodo's talking about if we lost this, like, I think all North American League of Legends and League of Legends in general would lose Core JJ. And yep. We have spent so much time on this podcast celebrating and talking up Core JJ for all of the hard work that he has done yeah. for North America and for for league altogether. I yep. just that would have been such a tragedy. Yeah, I mean, I forget who I was talking to about this about like if you come back to Korea um, and it's time to do your military service, you will get like taken off the plane and escorted into like the military service to begin like right away. Yeah, and so like that's why it's such a hyphy situation because if you don't do it, you also get like you know, your citizenship revoked. And so then you're, if you didn't get a green card in America, it's like, where are you a citizen then? You know, <laughs> like you start getting into really dangerous situations, I think. And so that's yeah. why there's such a human element to this. They don't mess around with mandatory military service. It's very mandatory. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're going. <laughs> Turns out. Uh, they have all the guns. They, no flexibility they on, that, do. on that language there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why, I mean, it's, you know, for Dodo as well, like as the one in charge of this for the team side, yeah. like it was probably like, you know, you're not just doing something for your job. It's someone's life you're trying to help. And all the fans and people as well, having this pressure on his back, I'm sure, felt good for him. Uh, as well as Core JJ, I'm sure that's a huge relief. I, I assume that has to do with why he took last week off, was it was like, now that this is settled, there's some other like real-life aspects to it that he had to tackle. Um, so I assume that's where he was last week. We didn't really get – it just had personal issues. But I assume it was related to this. Like, now that you're yeah. good to – no, Mark, I need you to demand answers from Team Liquid. Why are we saying personal <laughs> issues? Where's the transparency? Where's Speaker? <laughs> exactly. We need information. What, what would investigator journalists we could do it so, now? Unironically, to answer that question, I think there's a big difference between personal related things and uh performance related things yeah. so you oh, know really yeah like the alfari situation last year when they were like something happened in his personal life in the off season that we think hampered his performance you don't need to tell me what the personal thing was you can say that and be like oh they had to go deal with something because life still goes on while we play video games you know like yeah. that i think is is 
for orcs, if anyone's watching and confused, we don't need to know all the gory details of what's going on in people's lives. That's what the tabloids um, are for. Exactly. The yeah. tabloids are for. Where's the Where's paparazzi? the TMZ? <laughs> oh. I'm gonna start going in the trash cans of team houses and trying to like get documents from a I mean mail. We nice. with like and we've been doing this a long time. Over the years, all the stuff that we have heard for the actual reasons that have that have also not come out, we would have a many, many seasons of a very good reality TV show <laughs> that we could yeah. put together off of competitive League of Legends and LCS specifically. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we can, maybe maybe in a, a few years we'll we'll get the writers on it and write up Great. a completely. <laughs> You know, fictional. Uh, I, think I think it's happening in something called uh, that player show that's supposed to be coming out. Yeah, right except yeah. for that one, uh, they didn't, you know, ask us. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't gotta have our stories. Yeah, but the, yeah, definitely watch players when that comes out. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm super excited for that. Did they have a release date? We're super, super off topic now. Of, no, we are. I mean, but our producer yeah. for the dive actually wrote four players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how much of this we're supposed to be saying. Yeah, I don't know how much, we'll yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I have things like I know that I'm just like not saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, sure, Kobe. Yeah, yeah. He keeps speculating away. I don't want to get in trouble. He says you can say summer 2022. Summer 2022. There will be a League of Legends based TV show. It's going to be on Paramount. Yeah, Paramount yeah. Plus. Um, yeah. All right. Keep going. Keep doing the ads. Let's go. Anyways, yeah. We're so now we have that we had this uh, thing where we since we're not sponsored on the dive anymore, we inject oh, yeah. random other sponsors. Oh, that's fun. We did Mark Stream. We did like Cat. You just showed me out of me. Yeah, I did your stream. We did Freak Stream. I guess we've done a lot of our own streams. That's good. <laughs> uh, but mm. we could have one that's mm. sponsored by <laughs> players from on Paramount that's Plus. Mm. Um, <laughs> the week that it comes out, we'll be sponsored by them. Yeah. We should try and get them as a real sponsor. <laughs> we also have a Twitter question from Brian J. Romero. Uh, if there was a player that was the best in the world at three specific champions, yep. but was average at every other champion, would you sign them? I'm not even done with the question, and yes. I already say, hell yes. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> if you had to sign this player, what role and what three champions would you choose? But I would say, hell yes. Sure. I think... You need to be more extreme with the downside of this type of question. <laughs> right. Because your upside is literally best, in, best the in the world on three champions. Hell yeah. People would take even like one champion well, a lot of the times. But I'll, if the down if on, the only downside is your average and maybe maybe it's supposed to be average of all league players. So that I was about to say yeah, like yeah, if there's silver two, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> um we can make it more interesting by, by saying that instead yeah. of average for pro players. Oh. Let's say gold, silver level on the other ones. I would still Oof. take it though. Three champions. That is even, so stark. That's hilarious. Well, if, if we're taking it all the way down to gold, silver, you will literally lose every. They will triple ban you, but, and you will lose every game because of this person. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Being silver on a champion versus do you get to still keep your other game mm. knowledge as a as a pro player? Nope. I if you're not, not allowed to play those. I assume, no. I assume you are it's like this. In gold for is it just your mechanics? This where, is what like, it is. If you you're like. Ezreal ulting back to the fountain and like every skill you just, shot you just is end up gold four somehow, man. Dude, this happen. is what it is. If if you if it's a Jace top laner, let's say that's one of his three best champions, you are summit, let's say. Yeah. You know, like you're that level. And then if you give him anything else, you give him Nar, he is your gold three Nar. That but, is it's literally oh, that. Oh man, it's so this is wild. Yeah, it's happens. a theoretical question. I have a friend who's like that, by the way. <laughs> it's it's so hard for <laughs> me though to say gold. on this champion and then separate like 
I Things know. that are agnostic of what champion. Well, you're it's playing. a theoretical question. It's yeah. not very practical. <laughs> All right. Yeah. In that case, yeah. I also if, if you want to bring it back to practicality, not. you have to assume he's saying average for pro player, right? Like yeah. you can be best in the world at these so, things, but yeah. then off them, you're an average you, pro. You get you get Palafox or Faker on like those three champions. Oh. I, like I think oh, average for pro player. Okay. Yeah. 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 I thought we were still gold, no still god no. Palafox is great at League of Legends, but like he's a fairly average pro player, which is like he's good. But he's not an MVP, and that's fine. Um, yeah, I take that, right? Now, I think if, if you let me take actual faker, I take actual faker over over this hybrid, because yeah. uh, of course. But, like, yeah, I'd, I'd grab that. I mean, sure as hell, put him on my Clash team. But, the, like, this would be a pretty good LCS team. The only thing for me to remind people of is that, while, you know, it's, it is set at three champions here, so theoretically, oh, this person just gets banned out every game. There's a lot of times in, in metas where there are, you don't have flexibility to throw three bands all at a single player, mm -hmm. and especially you know from from red side. So it is still a very big advantage if you have a player on your team that draws three bands because of some you know champion focus like that. Now you know weighing the extremes of the downsides, yeah. it gets it gets a little wavy. But I still think it is a big advantage to have somebody to draw that many yeah. resources. I actually think in the LCS the most comparable player would be Hooney. If you remember the days of Gangplank, Rumble. Was it Gnar or Trundle or something? He's played a lot of like the, one uh, I feel like the third Hooney champion kind of has changed. There was Nocturne even for a bit yeah, uh, yeah. when he kept uh, playing, he you know, yeah, Nocturne. But Rumble and Gangplank have always been like, you would see bands on those regardless of meta to Rumble's whatever so, team Hooney was on. As we talk more about it, I, I flip-flop a little bit on this answer. because I've seen because your face... You changes a lot. I'm talking and you go, just and I say something like, else and you go, oh yeah. It's like Kobe. Kobe takes my answer, so I have to go. Mm, I have to go on the other side. So, <laughs> on the other side, the problem with this is like in a specific meta, yes, but you can't guarantee what that meta is. And so, like you say, this player is best in the world on Aphelios, Jinx, and Caitlyn, and you're like, wow, he is busted right now this player is amazing and then the meta changes and you're playing Siver and Jin and Varus and like the three champs that you're like best in the world on you can still draft them technically and maybe that's fine but you're, then you're playing off meta to like suit this player's needs and you start getting in more complicated mm -hmm. the situations champions are weak then you're Ye so yeah so my, my point is right. in specific vacuum situations I think this is a yes but I think in the real world this would be pretty hard capped by meta concerns as well as once you get to the international stage i people i think people would just triple ban a player like this like you're talking about going from being a threat in the game to being a non-factor in the game realistically sure. that's that's why if we have it at the baseline average pro player i would definitely take it though because you're only getting knocked down to average level of pro player and then presumably i'm getting big benefits for the rest of my team it depends i think on the goal though if it's to be good in NA, I think it's totally fine. If you're trying to like go international, a player like this has problems because sure. I mean, if you're yeah, I mean, if you're not, the I'm just saying like a Team Liquid well wouldn't sign this. Team Liquid would not sign this player. I don't think not this hypothetical player. player. Do you he, think? Okay, they would take Han Sam over him every time because Hans can play more champions at a higher level on average. And sure. the problem is when you get international. I think teams would ban these three out and they'd be like, get in there, you, Uzi, you, you know, or like get in there, Gumiyushi, like go slap LCS this team. kid around for, for a best because, of five. Because at the extremes, yeah. of course, then you're sacrificing, well, top three in the world um, actually isn't a huge gain even mm -hmm. because you're literally playing against all of the other you can just players, into your things anyways. players in the world. Exactly. 
and and the and the drop off is going to be a lot bigger there. Yeah, but I, I I like the exercise in theoretical. Yeah, um, kind no, it's an interesting push, question. Chime in my answer. Um, the first things first. Uh, I I pick three champions that are all very similar in role, right? So like, and especially one that's like really useful. So for example, I have a support who's got at three different engage tanks. Good luck finding a meta where we don't want an engage support, right? Where it's unpickable. So it's like even if you leave it up, it's like well. We'll play Leona or Nautilus or Alistair. One of them is bound to be useful, right? Unless they're actually like bricked to, com you know, complete non-viability. Great. Give me a mid laner who's got three good teamfight mages, you know, which is like Rise, Orion, and Syndra. They're the best Rise, Orion, and Syndra in the world. Okay, well, they're pro it's probably going to be good for a while. Like, even if, right, like almost no matter what the play style is, it's like, well, you know, you can probably still hold your side lane okay. So, you, you, you know, you, I think you like narrow in. I was like, well, this is probably always going to be good to have a good teamfighting mid or probably always good to have a good teamfight starting support. Cool. Like it's always going to be in meta to some degree. It's always going to be useful no matter what. Like the, the meta. The other way you could go with this is they're your six man in top lane and they're Jax, Fiora, and I don't Renekton. know. Yeah, Trinomir one trick. And they're yeah. just like, they're the, they're the side lane player. They know how to play side lane better than anyone else on these three champions and they can go toe to toe in the world and you just swap them into series where you need the help. That's the other angle you can take with this. And you get triple banned and they're like, I'm a mediocre NAR. <laughs> I guess I'm not playing the champs I'm good at. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like the earlier point, though, about, um, you know, using Summit as the example, because um, <laughs> Cloud9 have definitely displayed what, what types of differences you can mm -hmm. make in some of these games when you have a, you know, really, a gap really of that caliber, basically. Mm -hmm. And we have a, actually have an anchor question on this exact topic uh, from Justin. So let's get a listen in on our anchor question as we transition to LCS news. Hey, guys, Justin here. Big fan of the podcast. Uh, my question to you is about Cloud9. Looking back at your preseason thoughts or expectations for Summit and Berserker specifically, are they surpassing those? Or was this the expected result from just the caliber of players these guys are? Summit gapping most, if not all, top laners, and Berserker being arguably the best AD carry in the league at this point in time. In my opinion, this was the expectation. Uh, success in NA leading to international play. Looking forward to what you guys have to say. I would say I would hedge a bit, a bit more uh, above expectation for Berserker because only because Summit was already proven. So I'm pretty sure everybody, as soon as the signing you know was listed, we're like, all right, Summit definitely going to be one of the top top laners. Maybe not definitively the best and turbo smashing people yeah. as hard as he is. So I would say slightly above expectations because people were hedging their bets a bit with incorporating, you know, uh, multiple Korean um, imports over and and trying to work out some of the, you know, team yeah. play and coordination and all those aspects. I think Berserker especially, though, because there were such fewer data points on him sure. um, as far as pro games to be able to draw from that uh, I think Cloud9 are very happy and a bit above expectation, actually. I, I think I'd agree with that. Azale was like, uh, you know, popping off about Summit. He, th I think this well, is what he wanted and expected out of Summit. Yeah. Uh, Berserker, I watched a lot of his games, and I, I kind of agreed on, on the Summit point, but the Berserker one, I watched his games in Korea. I was really impressed by him, but I just assumed that, like, there would be a leveling up period just, like, you know, with his career that a lot of people have, and it's mm -hmm. like, nah. Yeah. And I, I thought AD Care would be a tight position. You know, you got FBI, you got uh, Han Sama, and right now it feels like it's only Hans and him going back and forth, forth for best in the league. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Hans is having his support swapped out on him. You know, Core JJ is going to make him look better as well whenever Core comes in. So like, we'll see where those two end up. But it does feel like a it's it's those two it's between right now. Yeah, I, I was actually on this show. I was in that seat, I think, where I was like, you know, I am always going to be hesitant around mixed language teams. Like, there's a good chance this team just like doesn't work together. You know, and the cloud experiment fails really hard. Obviously, it's doing really really well. Um, I will say definitively, Summit is going above expectations, and it's because I've seen like high profile, like very skilled imports go two ways. Like we've seen. Um, you know, Peak Huni, uh, Whippo, like Core JJ, where it's like, oh, they hit. And it's just like, yep, right away, the best in the league. Like, these are clearly MVPs right away. And then we've had ones where, like, it didn't hit quite as hard. So I'm thinking back to, um, like, Team Impulse, where, like, Rush was, like, 1v9, but, like, Impact was good, right? Um, when Someday first came over, he was good. He was one of the best top players in the league, but he wasn't, oh, well, you can actually just, like, 1v9 every team at this point, right? Yeah. Like, Summit is... is Right, doing this. He's playing at 10 out of 10. He's at the edge of the frame. And like, good luck meeting up with him because it's not going to work. Whereas, like, if you throw me like fake out an impact, I'm like, there's a good chance he goes equal in lane. You give me a fake out into summit, I'm like, that's 50 CS down and we're going to lose a tower. Right. Like, that's my expectation. Yeah. Um, and so, right, I don't expect every player to come in and hit a 10. Right. I wasn't sure Pippa was going to come in and hit a 10, but you know, those guys have done it. And so, hey, that's above expectation. Berserker just like is a delight. That guy is out outstanding. And I was like, yeah, he'll, he'll be pretty good, but. He's at number one right now for me, and I didn't expect that either. Yeah, uh, that's why I kind of like, too, how the caller puts in in their kind of expectations. Yeah. Because this is obviously a Cloud9 fan, and and this Cloud9 fan had baseline like, yeah, this is my expectations because you're going to have so much faith and you're you're so bought in, you know, yeah. to, to all of this, the, you know, story and the signings and stuff in the offseason that your baseline is like, yeah, of course we were going to be number one smashing people. <laughs> uh, Summit's just dunking on everyone, creating, Great. you know, 50 CS leads. They bought and, the hype and the hype paid off. And, and winning games. But uh, yeah, so it it definitely incorporates where where your kind of baseline. I, I think I, I was of a similar mind to Freak where I was like, yes, is going to be very good. You know, he was the best player on Sandbox uh, in in LCK in all of those games, and I think it's going to transfer pretty well. I was more unsure about the other components of Cloud9, but um, he has literally, to reference the discussion earlier we had about, like, if you could be top three on any champion <laughs> yeah. or whatever, like, Summit has literally won them entire games off of, you know, big top differences. It, this last weekend, even, were, were, was some of the biggest with his Jace, so... I think if there's any point of criticism to like disagree with the Berserker hype specifically, it's that in lane, they're pretty forgettable to outright having problems at points. And I don't really blame Berserker for that. I think it's more on the winsome angle. And I, I had a rundown last week where I was breaking down a series like it, through four games in a row where their bot lane is kind of dying or getting exploited through ganks and stuff like that. And maybe that is where some of the mixed language communication comes in where they don't know when to call extra resources down to help them out because the dive over. is coming. Was one of them that Carthus Senna roaming support? One was that game, but that was oh, only one of the okay. four. And to be <laughs> fair, it's because they lost Flash level one face checking an Alistar and then they got level two ganked and then they got chain killed. It's like, I mean, that is part of being a good bot. I mean, that was that was a weird game. So, like, you can throw that one out. But there was the CLG game, it was the Golden Guardians game, and it was the Team Liquid game where they they, they kind of lost lane three times in a row. Hans also has lost lane recently. Uh, you know, like, it happens to everyone. It You know, it's not a shot, but it's one of the areas that I think right now is the only thing you can really knock Berserker against is that, like, you can't... It doesn't seem like they can play through them right now. They haven't played through bot lane. It's like 20-minute hits and the game is over because Berserker's a monster. Yeah. But they haven't actually played through his lane yet, whereas TL has played through Hans. And that's maybe where I give the slight edge right yeah. now. Sure. Yeah. Definitely agree. The The Team Liquid bottom lane, when they have both Core JJ and Hans, 
are so aggressive, you know, looking for early kills and trying to play off of bottom lane priority. So, yeah. I mean, everybody is so excited for the Cloud9 Team Liquid uh, meetup. I want the rematch. Yep. Yeah. Second round Robin. Yep. One more week going forward. And Team Liquid themselves, they went 2-1. They did lose to the Golden Guardians. How how do you how did that did that hit your confidence in them at all? Because I think already their resume looks so robust, and obviously you know Cora having to you know take care of some right. more personal issues and and bringing Ayla back in, who's been very good He's for them, good. especially on the Thresh. But yeah, I for me it didn't hit my confidence same too much in in Team Liquid overall, yeah, um, especially because Cora's problems have been ironed out, so he should be available to play for the remainder of spring. Yeah, if I recall correctly, Core has played, like they've played two games on the mm -hmm. full intended starting roster. Two total, like counting lock-in. Like Core's played some, you know, they subbed other people out, but like... And they look great. Yeah, they're in first place. <laughs> um, they even beat Cloud9, their chief competition, and Core has played two games with the intended starting roster, right? So it's like, hmm, they're going up from here. They're going up from first. Seems good, right? So, uh, yeah, I have full faith in them. I mean, it's a good job to Golden Guardians. I actually believe in them a whole lot more than I yes, used to. Exactly. And I think back to the week one games, I was on, uh, we're going to sponsor it again, um, JLXP, the Josh Releaseman Experience. Check that out on YouTube. Josh Releaseman puts out a podcast. Um, we have a lot of sponsors yeah, for an unsponsored I was, show. I know. <laughs> uh, but I was on it uh, Sunday night, a.k.a. Monday morning when it came out, and uh, we were talking about Golden Guardians. And so they didn't play lock-in. Right? They didn't have the full roster, so they played their academy yeah. team. And their first two games in week one were both comeback throws, where they up, they're up 7K against FlyQuest. They're up like 2K at 18 against Cloud9. It, like, imagine this team got to play lock-in and iron out a couple more kinks. This team's 7-2 tied for first instead with a win over TL. And that's like realistic because both those games are winnable. Um, so like I'm, I'm very keen on Golden Guardians right now. And it's like, yeah, they're just actually a good team. Like I actually believe that. And so... Okay, good job you beat TL. Obviously, I think TL are the better team than them. But, um, yeah, it's like, okay, you lost to a good team. Yeah, I, I think especially the bottom lane of Golden Guardians deserves shout-outs and credit and yeah. so many accolades. Um, lost and Ole uh, have also been two of the most criticized throughout their career. Yeah. You, I remember a quote, and as recently as either a oh, year shoot, or, the gauntlet, or even a half ago, yep. where... It was like a little social clip, so you were trying to be, you know, extreme. But <laughs> you were yep. talking about Ole's uh, the time where he benched himself from MSI, yep. and you were like, "He should be done after that. <laughs> you should not even be able to come back. That's horrendous." Like, <laughs> and I was like, "It it it was such a big, like it it, it is such a big deal, but it actually strengthens so much." how much work and dedication, you know, he's had to show to to come back yeah. and, and work his way back in. You know, his his commitment in the offseason, grinding up to, what was it, top top 20 in, in a Korean challenger um, on basically a self-challenge, saying, right. if I, if, you know, if I can't get high challenger back in solo queue, then I'm not coming back to pro play. But he's been fully dedicated. Mm -hmm. And I love to see comeback stories like that. In addition, lost, you know, getting so much criticism uh, when he was on TSM, it feels nice to have really good performances from players that are basically on comeback swings. Yeah, it's great. And I'm, I'm glad they're both doing well. I mean, they're both like really kind people as far as I know. I mean, Ole is a sweetheart. I don't talk with Lost much, but like he seems like a good dude as well. Um, yeah, I feel like he never got a fair shake, right? It's just TSM fans are pretty vitriolic in general. Um, and, and you know, I'm glad he's like had his pop off so far. Uh, yeah, if Ole's like 
kind of gotten through whatever like got him into that weird spot at MSI where he's yeah. like, I feel like I'm so bad I can't even play. Pierre plays Academy player, right? Which just like hurts his team even more. Like if he's gotten past that and he's he's like in a stronger spot, then great, right? But like you know, in, in 2019, I wouldn't take that risk, you know. But like if he's ready to go, then awesome. I just like like I, I just like I truly hope, I truly hope like this doesn't happen again. Like, what if they go to playoffs and they go zero two and he does the same thing? Like if that happens, and I don't know if it will, right? But like if that happens, like Bro, I actually pack it up at that point. Yeah. Uh, so two more sponsors. I guess one sponsor technically. Travis Gafford Industries. Uh, oh, nice. Blame game coming out. It's from TL's perspective, but it it was actually like the game was won by Ole uh, on Thresh, basically crapping on Caitlin Lux lane by himself. Uh, and then it stuff, stuffs that win condition and then TL kind of fall apart from there. Um, but that was all on Ole. Then he got wards out. Then he roamed around the map to get like Rift Herald and they start stacking dragons from like what should be a losing bot lane that like he just like landed some hooks and flash flays and like won them it, you know? So like Ole's popping off. And then in an interview about the whole point about how good Golden Guardians could be, which is what I wanted to hit on, is uh, Enero said, if this team doesn't go at least 11 and seven, I should be fired. <laughs> uh, I, I like I, that. I see, I like that. Coach yeah, is putting yeah. them, their own necks out on the line like that. So he did say in the video that he has a guaranteed contract. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, can't, I'm I should sure, be fired. You can't fire you me. You can't but fire it, me, it, but yeah. it, I should in theory well, be fired. If you fire me, I'm getting the money, right? Like, yeah. Well, so that, that means six and three seconds, if I understand correctly, maybe I don't. Yeah, because they're they're four, they're five and four. They're five and four. So they have to go six and three second round Robin, which yeah. like, I think is totally realistic to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think it's like, you know, Cloud9 and TL are probably better than you. And, and then you still have like EG and 100 Thieves to fight against. So like you need to at least beat one of those teams and everyone else or beat two of those teams and drop one game. Elsewhere. I'm going to push for us to play that clip before every Golden Guardians. It, yes. it will definitely be played I, on the weekend. We're, I'm going to find it and send I, it. I, I, yeah, I want it to be played before each one as motivation. I want it to and show up. for each loss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're trying to get your coach fired? <laughs> Um, it was funny actually like two weeks ago I bumped into to licorice and stuff and I thought I was casting their game I told you this did you end up mentioning it on yeah, broadcast yeah uh, another story no yeah, yeah. I, I, I bumped into them this is like right when LS got released and like all this stuff and I was like I'm casting your game give me some spice to like yeah. you know hype up your game with and they're like we don't really have anything and I was like and then, so I think licorice it was was just like uh, an arrow will be fired if we lose some more games and I guess they're just <laughs> they're just running with it now and they're awesome. arrows come out and said the same thing <laughs> yeah Good. Um, yeah, I, I think um, the the identity too, incorporating Pride Stalker's strengths with being, you know, an assassin, uh, kill focused jungler, mm -hmm. is just an overall fun story to track too. Because yeah. watching his games in Champions Q, uh, his his mechanics are are insane on this champion. You know, he's he's so fast with all these combos. <clears throat> Alrighty. Well, the other part of that whole Golden Guardians upset win. TL lost. We already said it didn't really shake our, shake our confidence in them, right? Yep. I assume then, in Team Liquid. No. In Team Liquid, yeah, because one, a it's Ala versus Core, and you know losses yeah. happen. That's okay. Um, but with C9's resurgence, do you have a, a preference for who you think's the best team in the league? Not resurgence, but like Core JJ or Cloud9. If Core JJ TL, if not Core JJ Cloud9, just like an easy one too. Uh, we're assuming without, Core, we're assuming Core JJ Team Liquid versus Cloud9 right yeah. now. Battle of the bosses. Yeah, Core JJ. Mm. Team Core JJ, greater Team than Cloud Core 9. Team Core JJ. Uh-huh, what about you? Probably. <laughs> hmm. Um, I think it would come down a little bit to the top lane matchup. Because Whippo's been really good this split. Mm -hmm. But he also is kind of volatile. Is, Someone's a better laner. Yeah, and I think sure. someone's a little bit better laner. And Bjergsen, who I think should have a big advantage over Fudge, has been relatively hands-off in terms of, like, trying to lead the game. Mm. So in a best of five, I think it'd be really interesting strategically to be like, 
does Bjergsen try and step up and win his lane a little bit more and like call for more resources? Are they still trying to play through bot lane? Which interesting. Seems, you know, like I think there's a lot of interesting strategy that comes out, but I, I think I still favor Team Liquid. I was gonna, I was gonna say more hinging on bottom, uh, bottom lane, bottom side of the map, um, especially with the difference we were just talking about with the Team Liquid bottom lane when they have core, especially looking for two v two all ins from. Level one onwards, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Core JJ, um, it's kind of burned into my memory their game. Uh, it was against CLG, who were, have definitely been struggling. But my God, I have not, end. I have literally, that is the hardest support carry that we have seen all year for sure, bar none. Core JJ, Tom Kench, he's, he's basically ganking all three lanes after killing the opponent jungler and invading the opponent's <laughs> jungle on Tom Kench. Like this man was ruthless yeah. uh, in the game. So that to me is probably the, is the biggest kind of hinge factor for, for the matchup and why, why I would probably lean more towards uh, Team Liquid if I'm looking more at the bottom lane. But if I was looking towards the other side of the map, I would actually be more inclined to to say Cloud9 with how recent Summit has yeah. just absolutely dominated that side of the map and shown that even if his bottom side of the map is losing because they were in that game, if he has a lead and uh, on a champion like Jace, then he will be able to take his lead and turn that into a win. Converting leads, especially for top lane, into wins is should be a stat in its own. Yeah. Because we have we have had it's called like, the Alfari stat. Exactly. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we've had top laners who have dominated Smith the Dottie Award. Pretty close to this level. Mm -hmm. And then the team hasn't been able to convert to a win. But that was the real belief moment for me with this Cloud9 lineup where I was like, oh my God, they actually are already so good because they were able to actually make up for a losing part of the map with with their advantage and leverage that through you know stopping the dragon stacking and getting the kills off there so yeah um i want to add a very little bit of texture to that real quick because um i cast the hundred thieves game at the end of the day mm -hmm. uh where they had a fed J uh jace who didn't get anything done with it um a very little piece of of you know that sort of 1v9 aspect is uh it is still on the team to somewhat as well to set them up like vision control or whatever else or to like not get caught and let that guy push or whatever uh because yeah here's summit who is the gold lead the other mm -hmm. four are behind he's got to do it and they're like getting him in a spot where he can keep the leverage going and make that happen and like i remember during the hundred thieves game saying like someday isn't getting anything done he's getting nothing done with the gold lead the better version of that is Hunter Thieves is doing a really bad job of letting someday carry, right? Yeah. Like that other bit of the setup. And so like, I want to both like admonish more of Hunter Thieves, but also give credit to more of Cloud9 mm -hmm. for like just <laughs> in, in the same weekend, we saw the exact same champion like do and then fail to do the exact same thing. I actually love this. <laughs> and this is, this may be one of the most repeated phrases in solo Q2 in a slightly more toxic version in the solo Q manner, but just... Learn to let yourself get carried. Yeah, I don't know yes. how many times that has been typed in a solo queue game. It might actually be every game. Yeah. <laughs> but it's if whenever an argument breaks out and then one person is like, shut up, just let me carry you. Yeah. That's that's toxic. Yes, you should not say that. But there is a kernel of truth there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, knowing how to knowing that first of all mm -hmm. your your top side piece which is isolated is your strong piece is basically your gold lead 
is your advantage. And knowing that the rest of you are weak and not then, you know, starting the fights or playing on the map side without that that piece yep. uh, is also a skill. You know, basically self-awareness to know when you are strong, but also when you are weak and what to do when you are weak. And I think... In, in solo queue, sometimes it's just like stop trying to fight back. In pro play, it does require more nuance about how you approach these because you can't just like back off everything and sack vision control and do all this stuff. You still need to, as the four-man, find those windows that you can help your top laner get vision control or like actually defend your turrets a little bit without dying. And the way that is often a great way to defend your turrets is find opportunities to chunk them out. Even if it's not like a kill, like if you can blow your alt in a way that you can just get them low while the guy split pushes, like those are situations that I think Cloud9 does do well to that point. Like in, in solo queue, sometimes you're just like, I'm just going to sit under the turret. But I think you need to be a little more proactive in pro play. And yeah. that's why I think why a lot of teams fail is like, they're trying to help their top laner, but they're just actually kind of getting in the way. I would also say for solo queue, it is a bit erroneous, assuming, oh yeah, just play safe. Like you think it, people think it's that simple. It's yeah. also not that simple in yeah. solo queue. I went yeah. to less than it's a cannon like, minion and the Zach jumped me over the yeah, wall. Like, exactly. So why I, were you aggressive there, dude? I, I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually, you know, identifying and taking the side of the person who is weak at that point when you're being told. Just stop dying. Yeah. It is very hard sometimes when you're already 0-4 versus, you know. Uh, That's a Trindamir, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. he has ghosts. And sometimes you're the least in taking the Q in, though, because it landed. And it's yeah. like, come on. So there are, there are definitely two there's, sides. There's and, and, you know, sometimes it can be, you know, very difficult to kind of lose the minimum. Um, yep. Is some, some phrasing that I think Papa Smithy was one of the. Uh, first to try and use, you know, yeah. gaining maximum, losing minimum in, in sorts of situations, uh, I, which I was kind of like. Yeah. yeah, lose gracefully, all those so kinds of thieves. ideas. Yeah, so 100 Thieves. I think, Speaking well, of not losing gracefully. Uh, well, I think what's interesting about this weekend as a whole to frame this discussion is it was kind of like a reckoning weekend in some ways where like, yes, Team Liquid and C9 largely continued to pop off, but then the rest of the league had these, like like I said, like a reckoning where FlyQuest goes 0-3, and that puts them closer to our expectations. And Dig goes 1-2, and two, and Golden Guardians goes 2-1, and one, EG goes 2-1, and one, Immortals goes 2-1, and one, CLG goes 2-1, and one, and suddenly you're like, what is happening in the league exactly right now? Other than TL and C9 being great, though the rest of the league feels a little up in the air, and that's, I think, why the 100 Thieves lost that I think we're about yeah. to get into is, is like... The fact that there are two losses, I should say, is like, hmm, what do I make of you exactly? It, it's, it's it's two parts. So one is a positive, one's a negative. Uh, one is, and this has been spoken of several times, the hundred, the the TL head coach said it as well, Giotto, um, like, hey, it's a really competitive league. Like everyone can punch, like everyone can do really good things. The CLG two one week is an example of that one. Um, you know, we have nine teams who are doing really well and can really fight each other, and that's great. Um, <laughs> we know who I'm talking about. Um, and 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 that's They're really good. solo in the yeah, name. Yeah, of the solo it's, team. It's, it's just, the... Whatever, it doesn't matter. What you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so there's there's like nine teams that like are actual threats, and that's really good, and I'm glad about that. Um, and the other half, though, and so that means like you're gonna have these upset wins and losses because you have teams that can you know fight for first and tenth in any given day. Um, the other half that though, is it is the fourth game I have seen where 100 Thieves look vacant. Uh, talking with with Jat on the JLXP, um, he said it looked like an unfocused scrim where just like someone, you know, they didn't get a good night's sleep or whatever, and it's just like, oh yeah, so-and-so just died, but I just like, they just weren't paying attention. They just like, the jungler walked past a ward and then you just got ganked and it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I just like, I didn't see it. And it's like, you need to call it out because like it happened, it's in the review, but like, also, this is wasn't a, this just wasn't a productive scrim, and this is four times. It's it's the BO3 against Dignitas. There was a regular season game where Tenacity played, and this one, or the locking game where Tenacity played, and this one, where just like hundred thieves are just like, 
it's kind of vacant. There's like kind of not here. There's like not doing anything smart. Like the fact that Blue walks up to kill Abadaga with like zero skill shots. It's like, what's going on? Like, what, what are you guys doing? Um, and, and so that's a very high hit rate that about 25% of all games Hunter Thieves have played are just vacant scrims. Yeah, I, I think the thing, that's one angle of it is that the, they clearly underperform sometimes. I think Dig, you could argue, might still have just like a stylistic matchup that actually works well, where like 100 Thieves mostly play through bot lane. Dig likes to play around bot lane a lot, so they kind of neutralize there. And uh, someday can slam Fate God, but we've already talked about how they don't really play through top lane very well or yeah. like they don't let him carry. Yeah. Um, and to your point, like Abadaga just sometimes has like, I don't know why this year he's just having these games where he plays pretty terrible. So like it's a little combination of all these things where I can actually see a world where Dignitas by just having River camp bot lane frustrates FBI and who he who want to make the plays. Um, and then like closer doesn't pop off and Abba's just not playing well. And, and someday despite being better than fake God doesn't carry games. I can I can see given that they also lost the best of five this way, like maybe it's just a bad matchup, but it doesn't explain like why your mid laner is getting trashed that hard. I would like to remind people because this is super weak and there was three games and it is kind of long and people will tend to forget the first game that 100 Thieves played was actually a smash through top lane where someday got Trindomir again and absolutely dominated. That one, yeah. So, wow, I feel like people always, and this is human nature in general, your brain is configured so that you try and bucket things um, into easily e easy descriptors. Yeah. You know? So, but I feel like that is not applicable to 100 Thieves because <laughs> there's so much variation. And we've actually had this discussion before where they can play, they can literally be the very best team in the LCS. They won the LCS. Yep. And yet, then they can also have these games. And I kind of like your description of... Just vacant plays, basically, yeah. where you're imagining just like a vapid yeah. player sitting there. Like, no, there's no it, thoughts. It's the 3 a.m. solo queue. No you know, you're just like, yeah. I'm still playing. Exactly. You don't know why. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I died. And, and it's so interesting with this team because we keep coming back to 100 Thieves and there's so much debate. I feel like I've often been on the side of trying to defend them and yeah. trying to be like, sure. they can play through top. Of course. Look at this example. <laughs> they smashed. Someday, Trindomir absolutely dominated. He He's crushed impact. Dominated. He's so good just last yeah, week. You know? Exactly. Like, I've got multiple examples. And then, and then Mark's like, yeah, but look at these examples of the complete opposite. And I'm like, well... That's a good Both point. Both things are true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Both this things thing are called true. consistency. So <laughs> this is something with 100 Thieves where then I start to think about other solutions. Um, and <laughs> Mark knows because I, I've talked about this like neuroscience podcast a lot. Um, <laughs> but one of, the, one of the little tricks that they suggest is actually it's very beneficial. And especially I feel like with the structure and the schedules for pro players, how they are constantly grinding and constantly focused, uh, having time to basically relieve that focus from, uh, from your brain and, and take, take moments basically so that you don't have games where you're having these very kind of obvious mistakes and these kind of Vapid moments, I guess, for yeah. <laughs> for better uh, terminology here, These for lack vapid. of better terminology. <laughs> um, this seems like something where 100 Thieves do need some breaks. I feel like maybe because, remember, they were in Korea scrimming before LCS even started. 
maybe, and we're just kind of guessing here, their schedule has been completely packed since they since they won LCS. Maybe there there was they no go to break. world. There was they no go, break yeah. for them. You go to world. You keep on grinding. You have to defend your title. Like the pressure level is a constant ten. Uh, honestly, maybe maybe the answer is not more strict practice. Maybe the answer is some breaks between that practice sure. so that then you can have more enriching, more fulfilling sessions afterwards. No. <laughs> Just don't nice run out back, bro. Fair point, Mark. I like it. <laughs> good good data. <laughs> the, the the Eastern philosophy from some of those teams is just grind more, just play more games, just yeah. just True. up the numbers. And to be fair, and they there win. is good data on and that. There's some, there's uh, some correlation. L- 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 they have like, one. Yeah, how hard does did like Tom Brady work to win more than most NFL teams Super Bowls? Yeah, right? like well, <laughs> the offseason's on and he just keeps watching tape. It's like some people. Well, built different. Yeah, some people are built different, but for the people who are built similarly, breaks yeah. are good. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's, it is. Yeah, fit- I take breaks. Like I'm not telling you know I'm not under no illusions that I work. You know, <laughs> my personal psychology cannot handle 15 yeah. hours of video gaming. I yeah. can't. I'll die. Um, Faker can apparently, and some, apparently some of them so. can. Um, anyways, moving on from Hundred Thieves, unless there's a, a hot take someone wants to give about how they can't win the title anymore. <laughs> Any hot takes? Uh, I think we I think we threw out our uh... Oh, speaking of hot takes, this is a total tangent. Ooh, the Team Liquid wait. thing about only losing one more game. That, was that the one with zero you? More, zero more. Now Jat Jat says 16 and 2. Yeah, but he's was done. that with you on that podcast? Uh I mean he's, he's bringing it up. Oh, okay. Anyway, he said it first, I think, in uh, analyst desk. Okay. Well and then Mark kind of co-opted it. To I, it I made a bet on the dive to back up Jack because okay. they were all saying he was crazy. But then Ayla played for two of their losses. So I was going to posit this to you, Kobe. Am I allowed to wiggle out of this bet given that I made it before no. knowing the roster change? No. Why? What, would these, you have said they lose to Golden Gardens because Ayla's playing? No, but I think the likelihood that they only drop one more game the whole split oh, on sure. a super week goes up dramatically if like literally, you know... Right, because you, you made because the bet was no, made you once have to, Core was on the roster. Yeah, yeah it was it was with ha- Core in now. I didn't think that Ayla would see any more. Too time. bad. Yeah, the bad. key phrase that he just uttered is "I didn't think." You know what? That's just that's the subtle. I don't think you're supposed to take into account all pieces of data, Mark. You know, there's a possibility they <laughs> they have substitute players. <laughs> Things have yep. been uh, a little right. rocky with Core. So. Well, see, I'm not worried because now that Core JJ is back, they're not dropping a game through the second round. Right? I like okay, it. Sure. That's what you need to do. Double down. So see, I'm not, do you want to double I'm, down on our bet? I'm trying to wiggle out to see if you're a gentleman about the the uh, nah. terms of agreement, but nah. you're not. See, now he's trying to turn it into a but win it's for okay. him. By it's but it's okay. Video. I'm not going to back out of a bet that I'm not working. I'm, you know, it's just like the rules changed on me, but that's okay. So speaking of changing, fly question, EG, which one you're talk about? Uh, uh, I was going to say, what's our actual bet? Because we don't have the terms oh, okay. yet. I thought it was... Actually, I don't remember. We got okay. we got a few suggestions from social media, but they were mostly along the lines of eating something spicy before like doing the dive or something like that, or more of the dress up play, yeah. as different things. Even yeah. right now, our producer is also writing in spicy chip. <laughs> or loser cosplays as Oh, wait, one of the Doug Trio. Week. We've been waiting for them to join. I would the love dub. to. So do I already cap. did join yeah. the jug, but jug you didn't. Trio. But you like left right away. You know, <laughs> like it's it's sort of like having a touring musician. You know, like like we're a three we're a two uh-huh. piece band, and it's just like we just like bring in a touring drummer, um, even though I'm already one. But whatever. Um, it's it's a, it's a two drummer kind of band thing. But this is like a studio musician for all of our albums. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's just like you know someone has to like fill in once in a while to like be the musician. So you know once in a while like someone else is the third part of the. We'll shave show. our head. Loser shaves their head. 
and joins the Doug Trio. No, you I'm not. Coward. I'm, coward. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm too scared. <laughs> I'm too scared for that. You'd be very mad if I made that bet. I feel like I feel like your hair is for sure gonna grow all back. My hair might not all grow back, so I'm too scared. <laughs> the loser shaves a bald spot in their head. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. I'm down. I I think I'm too. I, down I for have bad been bet. on the side that I feel like some of our bets, rewards, or bet topics have bet felt more like rewards for the. Yeah, who you wins. want me to feel like because I, I like because I like doing stuff like that. You know, like yeah. dressing up as a, as the Doug Trio. I did that because it was, it was fun. fun. Like yeah. I've already done it. You know, so uh-huh. exactly. I mean, shaving a bald spot in your head is that not is not fun. fun. Like that is for. For sure. Well, how confident oh, are you that, my, that I was dumb for taking my my side of the bet? How confident <laughs> yeah. are you, Kobe? Marcus, let me in. I'll do that bet. <laughs> it's cheating. I did it! Wow! <laughs> Damn, freak's so confident. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Trying to move Golden on. Guardian is going to be 11-7 and seven at least by the end of the season, bald spot or not. <laughs> anyways, we were trying to move on. Yeah. Uh, were we jumping ahead to FlyQuest? Let's do Fly. Yeah. FlyQuest, people had this sneaking suspicion uh, that the position was was not going to be held for too much longer at the top of the yeah. ladder. Now, I do feel bad that they had to deal with the day of lag and pauses and yeah. everything and coming through, yeah. uh, but it did come fully crashing down in Super Week for them. The 0-3, absolutely rough Super Week for FlyQuest, um, and they indeed have uh, have started to shrink. Yep, that uh, turns out it was Cinderella all along. And I still think, hit. though, I still think not complete Cinderella story because I still think they're better than people, especially me and Mark, actually yeah. gave them credit for for being, being at yes. the start of the season. So even with the correction, the market correction for FlyQuest, sure. I still think they're above where at least here's a, a here's lot a of us question, though, I want to chime in. So they are five and four. Um, the, that 2 week was off the back of playing Top Smite Enchanter. Um, that doesn't seem to be something that anyone wants to play anymore. So they still earned those wins, right? Like those happened. Their record really is five and four. They deserve those. But not like without that, they are three and four, right? And so in 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 the present meta, they are three and four, right? Like that, does that continue? Are they a sub 50% win rate? Team? Problem with this uh, little experiment is that there are multiple confounding factors. And it obviously was not just that the strategy difference. Sure. I also think... The teams that they played earlier were a lot easier. Now we've finished out. They won Golden Guardians. Yeah, we finished out the round robin now. So now it's the complete story, which is way easier to judge all teams by because every team has played every other team. And that difference in strength of schedule had a pretty big influence in some of the early reactions. Yeah, and I think this is why it scares me. I mean, even though I agree they're better than I gave them credit for, there's still a world where they miss playoffs from here. Because mm-hmm. likely. there's three teams tied at third with five and four records, and there's three teams directly underneath them at four and five records, and even CLG at ninth is at three and six. And, you know, I expect Golden Guardians to keep winning. I expect EG to keep winning. And Immortals, they are probably the team that if you say gun to my head right now between FlyQuest, Dig, and Immortals, Immortals might actually be my favorite to, yep. to actually make playoffs. And so, you know, FlyQuest is better than I thought they were, but is seventh really better than what did I? I don't know what I put them on. Like they're ahead of TSM now. You probably have yeah, like before. TSM. Obviously, I was everyone was kind of wrong about them. Yeah. But that's more of an underperformance by someone else than you being drastically better than I predicted. Um, and so like that. That's where like yeah, you guys are better than I thought. But like depending on how the season ends, it might have just been some statistical variation, some off-meta stuff, an easy opponent or two, and then you are kind of who we thought you were. 
I think there's like definitely this sort of sixth place soup kind of thing going on right now where it's like, okay, uh, TL, back on the soup, we're back in the soup. I mean, you know, it's just it's <laughs> something about it really appeals to me. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why, but it's just there. I mean, TLC9 is obvious, right? Yep. Um, I think all of us think Hunter Thieves is going to hold on. Yeah, right. even if they're not any title threat, right, even they're if they're not in title, like they're, they're going to make playoffs, right? Um, EG's probably in that spot. I kind of lean Golden Guardians there, but I know we're getting towards the soup area. And now we've named four or five teams. And then it's like, Dig aren't bad, CLG aren't bad, Immortals aren't bad, FlyQuest aren't bad. Like, you can pull, call Golden Guardians in that spot if you want, like, whatever. Um, I'm probably overlooking one of the teams uh, right now, but, um, like, here's a whole group of teams where I'm like, they're about as good as each other, but, like, we're running out of playoff spots really fast. Yeah. Right? Um, and... It's kind of any of those for me, right? So, like, even take EG for this one because I, they, I don't know what's going on, but they went from 9-0 and in lock-in to this. Um, and it's like, okay, you're just a playoff soup team instead of a really good team, at least right now. Like, you know, tell me what's See, going I, on. See, I, though, um, I actually do align with the kind of idea that people have been proffering that there is more strength than uh, in the teams than there is in the records. So I, I, for one, actually still have a lot of faith in in Evil Geniuses. Sure, me too. Um, and despite the record indicating, you know, middle of the pack, I think I think kind of the boundaries get moved up a little. Um, JoJo and Danny still look really good. Uh, yes, there's more growth to be had, especially with some of the mid game and some of the transitioning through team fights and setting up your lane allocations and then getting to the setup for objectives ahead of time executing the team fight where it's sometimes you see this coordination where you know twisted fate teleports in on the back side but then they actually don't go for the full assassination and it's not a full dive or there's some sort of split uh you know focus in some of these key moments even though the team overall has done so much setup and and work to get into a good position uh, so i think that eg is taking a bit longer to put their pieces together than some of the other teams but still I think a very big threat. And the thing I'll throw for EG as well is they were a Zeri pick away from a 3-0 weekend. That felt <laughs> yeah, like an yeah. experimental draft. Can we leave this up kind of uh -huh. thing? Like, do we have answers? No. Okay. <laughs> we learned our lesson. But they also beat um, Golden Guardians and FlyQuest, who were the teams that, you know, we're talking about these soup teams that they're competing against. I think there's evidence that they are above that line, kind of. I agree with that. Um, and... You know, they could be five and four right now if they probably played standard versus CLG. They took a risk and, you know, okay, learned our lesson. Luger is really good and Zeri is not balanced. Great. You know, like yeah, that's known. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I'm still pretty confident on EG. Title contender, I'm still kind of like, oh, you scared me. Not this my is my favorite. This, but yeah. They're third in line or fourth in line. Yeah. Them and, them and 100 Thieves feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. The line of succession for LCS crown. Yeah. We have an S tier, we have an A tier. <laughs> and then, yeah, you have a big B tier or you have Golden Guardians. I kind of maybe have Golden Guardians alone in B tier. But mm -hmm. yeah, you've still got like a lot of contenders who are fighting for like the last two playoff spots. And Mark's talking about the teams that got close to three zeros. Immortals also, um, they were they were really reaching for it. How do you guys actually feel about Arrow? Because th that to me, um, I mean, Turtle looked really good. Yes. In his game. Yep. Um, and I think it's interesting because Arrow has been doing really well. Uh, and I know that he's wanted to get back on the LCS stage for a while. He did coaching for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, stayed over here in, in North America. And do you think they're going to actually solidify their pick? Because I feel like after this weekend, it's not even any more clear to me which one they would rather stick with. I don't, I agree. It doesn't feel any more clear. 
Um, I don't feel like either player clearly played better than the other. Um, I know coming in, it was like, well, scrims were inconclusive, so we're going to have some stage games figured out as well. But like, yeah, I that's still... also always going to be inconclusive, right? Yeah. Like, if scrims went a certain way, you don't just become, you know, 2016 Uzi out of nowhere, right? Like, that doesn't just happen to you. So, you know, your player level is still your player level. Like, these guys are pretty close in skill level. I would want them just to pick one because you don't want to keep splitting scrim time. Right, that's harder on Destiny. That's harder on the team overall. You don't want to keep splitting stage time. It's harder on the team overall. Like, it's a tough call, but like, flip one if you have to. I I pretty much agree with that. The only thing that might be a factor is when FlyQuest put in Mash for Turtle, and Turtle came back a lot better. It felt like where he was fine, but not great, struggling a little bit. They put in Mash, who didn't actually look any better, and you know who knows how scrims were going. But then when Turtle came back in a couple of weeks, he it felt like there was a fire under his ass, and he like actually looked really good. Maybe that's sort of the approach Immortals is going for here, is that like Turtle's probably the starter, but you know we're gonna put a little pressure on him. I don't, I don't know really. Uh, I'm just trying to think about it because otherwise I fully agree. <laughs> otherwise I think it's better to just like work through your problems as a team than to like. Oh, this marginal skill upgrade might be better. Maybe it's a little bit better of a personality fit. You know, like it's it starts to get very hard, and yeah. I almost think that just picking one and getting better with that person would would result in better performance. Yeah, I usually think that it is a detriment if you have unsure pieces and you're switching out components. Yep, because it is harder to practice and and hone in on facts and things in game that you're trying to fix rather than changing out more factors more personality traits more there's uh, so many variables in league that like you don't even have time to fully test the variables for two use cases you know to that point like you played three games this weekend you know like what happened in the games over the drafts like did a level one cheese thing mess you up well that's not really fair to judge this yeah. player by and so yeah the, the data you get with the two players is, is almost inconsequential yeah all right what about dignitas then because we're we're going through our soup and our, yeah. our playoff racers Dig started out pretty hot as well. As soon as River got here, everybody was on board. He, but to me, we saw some of the uh, some of the few games where there would be a downfall. Would be he had a lease in game. If River does not do a bunch really early for this team, then I don't think they're winning the game. Seems like it. I think they are passively so, losing most lanes in most most so cases. Puts, puts a lot of pressure. I feel the, like. the other, I would say bot lane, not the case. I feel like bot lane is legit for them. Biofrost mm -hmm. and Neo have generally looked really good and can get their own leads. Especially Bio on Thresh. Yes. I think teams need to, if you're playing versus them, deny this champion. Yeah, Biofrost has been popping off. Of the two, he's, he's arguably the better of the two. But Neo okay. has been pretty good as well. And when River has one of these good games, suddenly your bot lane's a threat. I think the passively losing lanes is is potentially the other issue. Blue has pop-offs, but then also sometimes just passively loses. And Fake God almost never pops off. I'm sorry to trash him. Like I want to like Fake God so much for being like the weak side player, but it is a detriment for this team. I feel like they are hard ceiling capped right now with how many good top laners there are in the league that like you yeah. up against Someday, you go up against Impact, you go up against Blippo, you go up against Summit, you're screwed. You can't win a best of five, it feels like most likely. I mean, they beat 100 Thieves, but it's just scary to just have a perma losing lane that no matter what pick you give it, is gonna lose. That's just such a handicap to try and play from. And so that's why I think there's a bit of a hard ceiling on Dig right now with this roster. Yeah, I have them personally as like, I have them not making playoffs. Like they're, they're, they're hot start, right? Okay, they had the two against 100 T's, cool, great. But um, yeah, the, you know, their hot start was TSM, CLG and Immortals when Immortals was finding their footing, right? And it's like, and then here were six losses in a row. 
And then you finally found one at the very end. But like, there's like a ton of thieves who are vacant again, right? Like, <laughs> all, all the impressive wins for Dignitas yeah. are against ton of thieves when they just aren't playing the game. Um, otherwise, you're you're beating bottom feed teams, which is like, okay, you are you are not the worst team in the league. Like, Dignitas are an eighth place team, roughly. That is that is my that is where I put them. That's outside of playoffs. It's better than TSM and CLG, but like, you know, until I see anything really different than that, they're still exactly that team. Quick, quick hit on CLG then, because they did get two wins. They did. One that's, of them was Zeri. That's big. That's big yeah. for. Uh... But one of them was TSM. The other was playing Zeri, right? <laughs> so like, you know, I just talked about Dignitas being eight. Like CLG are a hard ninth for me right uh-huh. now, uh, which would be their fifth split in a row in bottom two, which is like. Hey, it's better than 10th, you know, over and over and over again. But like <laughs> they retooled the entire CLG like league org and everything. And unfortunately, so far, the results are not much better than last time. It does feel less hopeless. It looks less hopeless. And hey, they're beating TSM, which is going to feel good for players and fans as well. But I mean, it's really unfortunate. Like I want I want them to do better, you know, but um, I don't see them being a better team than ninth still. Yeah, I, I think it is going to be a rough climb for them. Uh, do you see any projected gains for CLG, Mark? Or is this just kind of a happy little bump in their in their season? Where Part they're... of me still want, you know, I was pretty hot on them in the offseason. Yeah. And I still want to when you see those glimpses of like the Luger Poom bot lane looking really good and contracts having like, I think he smurfed that TSM game pretty well. You know, yeah. like he played really, really well. And you see those moments and like, you get these flashes where you're like, they could, they could, they could be a good team. Yeah. Why, why you wake they... up in a fever dream. Oh, CLG I, could be good. I, I swear, I swear they could be good when when things work well. But they're just so inconsistent. You know, it's it's hard to really project them to beat teams that don't have these issues. We're like, oh, our top lane griefed us this game, or our jungler griefed us. Like everyone griefs a game. It feels like, mm. and it's just so hard to win when any single moment the game's over because like someone trolled that game. Kennen is getting buffed. Yeah. On the next patch. <laughs> they true. have the single best Kennen player in North America on this team. Banned. <laughs> Great. And that's good. So hey, CLG. Average on all the things, but one of the three. Yeah. CLG are legit getting a buff on the next patch. I, I actually would label that in patch notes. That is a CLG, CLG buff. That's a CLG buff right now. All right. Well, that's going to be week six when it comes through because <laughs> it hit live this morning. So sadly, not this weekend. But yeah, next weekend, we'll, we'll, we'll track the CLG wins. So yeah. get the stock's ready. Um, yeah, that'll be nice. <laughs> Great. That's that, good. That's a perfect CLG response. All right, let's move on. Band. I'm going to say they finish above ninth. Okay. Right. I think I'm actually going to interject a new section here. Uh, so this is going to be a consistent uh, section whenever we have Freak on the show. Okay, great. This is your podium time, Freak. 12-5. I know you, you like coming up with, um, you know, statements that you want to defend very oh. aggressively. Okay. So if you have any of those now, uh, you, ha- you have the stand. You can, okay. take, you can take your... Uh, All right. By the end of Worlds this year, Locket Senna will be, like, something appreciable, right? Like, I don't know if it's, like, 100% pick-in, like we had with, like, Ardent Sensor back in 2016. I think the power level, by the way, of Locket Senna is 2016 Ardent Sensor. Will we get there? I don't know. It took the entire year, right? For, like, a freak of freak start playing, like, Relic Shield bot lane and stuff like that that I was doing earlier on in the year. We're in that world. We're in Relic Shield Ardent Sensor right now, and it's called Locket Senna. I don't know when people get there, but you play it with a mage as the farming bot lane. You play it with a fighter's farming bot lane. Like you play some Yasuo, play some Vagar, yeah, play some Swain. I don't care. That. That's on, the thing. On the Ardent Sensor point, multiple champions could run Ardent Sensor. True. Yeah. This is just Senna. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay I was it's, just like, well, okay. Here's the other part of it, actually. Um, 
Uh, Guardian, Locket, Enchanters. In general. You know, like Senna's here, they're here. You know, here's a 10, here's a 9. Mm -hmm. In general, want to see more of that as well. Just the shielding Just, and all that. Yeah, you, you, you win every lane, basically. And like between Guardian and Exhaust and your AD carry running heal, they don't all in you. So you checkmate, like, Checkmate, you Engaged. know, you can get ganked, of course, but like you, you win pretty much all the two on twos and you're also just a better team fighter. You need to engage somewhere else in the team comp and that can be tough to be fair. Like that's, that's a workaround in your, in your draft, but like that power level is also up there. I, because I heard your earlier stand on mm -hmm. Locket Senna, yeah. uh, I also recommended it to someone who is in one of our flex queue games. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, yeah, uh, the win rates back it up. Cause I'm assuming you're, you're getting these yeah. from like Lolalytics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where currently 4% of players uh, have been increasing. have been enlightened and, yeah. and ascended. It was under one percent like two months ago. Yeah. I made a YouTube this video about four percent of the time for platinum and above for yeah. ranked solo queue center players have been have been going locket, and the win rate for platinum and above solo queue. Remember, because the data is so small, we can't crunch it down to just challenger. Sure, um, but is a good five six percent higher than any of the other mythics. So. The data is for sure there. Here's what we're going to do. This is like the, the YouTuber clickbait thing. Nice. You know? okay. It's like, all right, we're going to clip this part out. It's at 4% play rate right now, you're saying, right? Yeah. Yes. I want this above 10% play rate <laughs> two weeks from now. Clip this, share it on socials, get Freak's word this out there, help him out. Let's see if we can get above to this. To the moon. Moment. To the moon. Lock it, send it to the moon, baby. <laughs> Instead of asking for likes on this video, you know, what's oh. normally what you do, we're, we're clickbaiting one play one rate. Lock it. So you share and everyone spam play Lock it, Senna, and you tell all your friends Wait, about but you're going to tank the win rate if you're bad at Senna. Don't do that. <laughs> play rate. We don't care about win rate. Just okay, get play great. rate above 10%. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Because if the win rate drops, then they won't nerf it. Ooh, I can so it's actually that. a sustainable practice here. Five head to, <laughs> <laughs> to preach. The other way to to um, by by the way, if you want to get your stuff not nerfed, every time you're losing a game in your buy the item, sell sell all your items. <laughs> When you're before you lose, <laughs> buy the item that you usually buy before you lose the game, so it ups the. Mm, mm, mm. It, uh, yeah, I like that. Locket's not busted. Honestly, that <laughs> I just buy they it use, time I lose. They use literal win rates to do so yeah. much of the balancing now. Yeah, you but a lot actually, of it is like item one win rate, which is tracked yeah. like appropriately. I will say disclaimer: this four percent is global play rate, so you'd have to have a very big effect. Across yes. what are you yeah. trying to say Across about the dive player base to be able to get it up to ten percent? You really don't think the dive has that level of reach? We do. We, we got. We need you to prove prove Kobe wrong, everyone. Share this clip. It's a ripple effect. We'll we'll, yep. we'll get. We will take credit for it spreading, no matter what. I mean, misfortune <laughs> supports play rate skyrocketed in twenty seventeen or whatever when yeah. when uh, SKT played it. Or yeah, when, when they were as like, many people watch the dive and watch that semifinals. as watch world semifinal, yeah, world yeah. semifinals yeah. reach versus the dive. It's really close. I don't see a difference here. Yeah, wolf freak, similar skill levels. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our Twitter questions then. Uh, thank you for our freak section. Yeah. We'll just deem it. Yep. Um, we've got Frosty Poot <laughs> has written in to ask us <laughs> most underrated part about league that you don't get to talk about on cast. I need a second to think about that because I'm less. I do less casting than you, and so I feel like I, 
I have more freedom than casters often. Mm -hmm. I feel like the AD does. Yeah, like, AD for sure. I want to talk about this, and I'll just make a segment somewhere. Especially with the waiting room also. Yeah. You know, you get, kind of get free You get off free topic time sometimes. Um, so I'll let you guys go first and see if I can think of one. I don't know okay. if there's one. I'll, I'll chime in. I don't know if it's the most underrated part about League, but it's one that actually is recently talked about for me, mm. is um, optimizing a jungle clear. So it's it's interesting. So first of all, like a jungle clear is is completely non-random, right? Madrid's is gone entirely. Like your clear <laughs> is entirely non-random. I guess you can get bad teammates who leash you really poorly, but like move on. Um, you like it's speed runnable, right? And I mean, if you watch any competitive speed runs, you know, like you don't hit road rocket every time, right? You don't always hit your best splits. So I'm not saying you have to hit road rocket every time, but like you know, you can just full clear as nocturne with no leash in like 314 with Krugs, right? Um, you know, Karthus, like, I think Blabber finished it at, like, 302. Um, like, there are times, and you could theoretically, like, build out a data table of this. And, you know, it would be nice to know how far from world record the clears are, whether it's in the LCS, LCK, wherever, right? Like, how how much are pros dropping the ball compared to what can be done? What is achievable on these champions? I think it's interesting. The difficulty to bring it out on cast is, what's the story? Ooh, look how bad contracts is. He's four seconds behind a gold split for a four-camp clear, right? Like... Is that, that's not even like terribly interesting. I think it's interesting because the optimization I find compelling. Like as like an old RTS player, like I had better abilities than the people. Like I had optimized stuff out there, and like it was an edge for me. Uh, but also, it's not a great story in the game. So my opinion is that, and we have talked about it sometimes. There have been some games where we we do focus on it, but some of jungle clear optimizations are more interesting than others. Sure. Um, and and we have had some instances like i'm saying where it's it is actually influential in the game itself there is kind of um an end goal there with with starting that story and saying mm -hmm. you know sometimes they're like oh and especially when there are junglers that are double clearing camps that's when i usually bring it up when it's more interesting because junglers that can't or is not optimal to do double clears the optimizations are extremely boring. You know, it's yeah. kiting a camp to full patience range to leash it as close to Run the other one as possible. Health. And then your abilities are usually very straightforward for the power clear. And it's mostly about your transition times between camps. That's where most of, or a lot of time is actually made up um, for most junglers in getting to that world record speed clear. But what's, it's really fun when they're champions like Fiddlesticks or Zach or, you know, a lot of champions with AOE now have kind of ascended to the level where they actually think about clearing blue and grump at the same time, clearing raptors and red at the same time. These are the two spots that actually do measure um, something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you're uh, catching on to the... Kobe Scissorhands. The YouTube only. Um, yeah. ex the extras that we add That's on. True. The <laughs> blue grump and red raptors. That's what the two scissors are. Because... Those actually do take some practice time. Every, yep. Everything else is is pretty brain off for most junglers, but getting those two spots where the patience rings overlap mm -hmm. from the spawn points actually has really big benefits. And especially for those champions I mentioned, like Zach or Fiddlesticks, which I think are strong right now, but are not picked due to the vulnerabilities to invades, mm -hmm. they can gain a lot of clear speed to catch up to all of these power clearing junglers by doing that double camp. It's just that you also have to construct your lane matchups to be strong lane matchups to be able to defend this jungle to allow them these cool right. jungle clears, to allow that explanation of the next level. Uh, jungle clears to me is always a funny one because I feel like 
on cast, I can see why it's hard, but it's also so talked about in like the community by things, it feels like. Like I always feel like, oh, let me go talk about this guy's jungle clearing and his pathing and his choicing. You know, like I feel like that's talked about a lot by analysts. So pathing, I Opt- feel like- Jungle I, optimization might be a different- I, I, I have, yeah, I have very rarely heard analysts actually, you know, call out optimizations in the clear. I have heard analysts talk about, oh, they pathed up this way towards yeah, this, I was gonna say, towards if it's this area of the map. Yeah, fair enough. Have you thought of one? Because I, I have one if you need more time to think. I, I did, but then I jumped in on Freak's one. and, and it slipped uh, away? Because it was jungle. Yeah, <laughs> jungle, jungle. I got one that you're going to want to time go, go ahead. Here we go. You're going to get distracted a second time. I feel like player psychology in the game is something, especially around like vision and fake outs and like little things that yeah. are really hard to notice when you're casting. At least maybe it's, this is my own personal issue, but like, also, because the camera's not always on a lane. I, well, yeah. I was going to completely agree Yeah, with no, you. that's exactly where I'm going with this. Like, when I rewatch VODs on VOD review, you notice so many little things about, like, where a question mark ping is. And you can actually infer so much information by a single question mark ping of, like, what is that person probably wondering about, you know? And then, like, how are they responding to it? Like, man, they didn't do this. They didn't have priority in their lane this game. And you're like, that seems weird. They should win this matchup. And then you see a question mark ping. You're like, oh, it's because X, Y, and Z reasons. Yeah. And it's really hard to catch those live. And it often takes like working through the thought process of the players. So it's just not worth speculating and wasting that much time. Yeah. But I feel like it actually explains so much of the game when you actually look at these things for why things are happening versus like, they just didn't play well, you know? And it's I, I think that's something that's a struggle to do live. Yeah. Uh, the one that I was going to say is very closely related because it's also like psych- psychology based. That's what it was is bluffing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same cause, idea. Because whenever you're playing League of Legends, uh, it's it's a completely different feeling, especially as jungler. There's so much of these information games where you're trying to work around. What do you think that they know? So here, here's <laughs> a great example. Actually, I was I was covering this and with, with contracts versus Spica. Yeah. There was a time where they like they face checked each other at, at Raptors, and then Spica leaves going through mid, or excuse me, contracts leaves going through mid, and mid just has the shove. And so Spica actually goes down bot because he's like, what if they're going for my bot yeah. to dive bot lane? And so he leaves his his uh, Krugs up, but contracts question mark pings the Krugs to be like, I think Spica's here to warn his top laner. And so like these kinds of information games that you get into yeah. through bluffing and stuff like that is, is very interesting. Yeah. You like wasted Spica's whole time just by running into lane before recalling or whatever. Yeah, it's did. it's so fun to track, but and then again, you're in an instance where Ideally, I want to go full investigator mode and toggle vision for both sides, you know, and that's just not possible for, you know, live casts. Yeah. But th- I definitely find those things super fun. Yeah. Um, one of the big reasons I started jungling in the first place way, way back in the origins. The olden days. The olden days. Back when the jungle camps time. were random. Yeah. And you could get like bad clears where you got none of the high XP camps and you got like Raptors three times. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess I'm not level four in this one. <laughs> All By right. the way, that's how Jungle is. You want to do the outro? random camps for the non-buffs? No, I will. I will. I will set mark. Uh, All right. Please close us out of this fine episode. Of That'll wrap us up for now. And remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode of the Dive when we return. Also check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. And remember to submit your questions. We love hearing from you on Twitter, YouTube comments, or Anchor FM. LCS continues Saturday with Immortals Progressive facing off against Evil Geniuses at 1.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll be there. You better be too. <laughs> <laughs>